Living at your grandmother's house is wonderful. She's a sweet old lady. We're having a great time. We had dinner together last night. <laughs> no. Uh, Doug's grandmother is not actually at the house, but this is a fun fact, everyone. I am, in fact, living at Doug's grandmother's house. Uh, we signed a lease, my family did, to get into a place. If you've been following along with our housing woes, uh, they are, will be over in about three weeks, but in the meantime, Doug's grandmother was nice enough to let us stay in her place because we looked really hard to find a place to stay for three weeks. All the extended stays, all the Airbnbs, which is getting cracked down on now, and then we couldn't find anything. It was nothing. So we are extremely grateful to have a place to live, uh, even if it's your grandmother's house. Well, I'm, you know, I, you're you're actually right down the road from where I live now, so it'll be kind of fun having you as a neighbor yeah, for a few weeks, for for a little bit, <laughs> and then you're gonna go all the way across town. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, we've got a fun episode today, an interesting episode, talking about Doug's race, a race that we haven't really, uh, you know, the last episode I didn't even wish you, barely wish you good luck in it. We, we were I know, I had, I had to wish myself <laughs> for you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you're, I guess, my, my way of paying you back is that we'll spend this whole episode talking about your race. <laughs> no, not the whole race, not the whole episode, but we will use that as our jumping off point for what I think is a good discussion about when to quit and when to stick with it. Yep. Uh, in the meantime, or before we do that, I wanted to quickly mention that we've got the brand new Nomad Athlete logo shirts available right now, available for pre-order. If you go to store.nomadathlete.com, you will see all the new styles with the brand new logo, including one with the old classic running carrot on a cool orange t-shirt. A little throwback. That I think is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, all that ends on Tuesday, which is the day this you'll probably be hearing this podcast if you're an early listener to it. So the store will still be operating after that. You can still order shirts. But order before Tuesday, and you can be assured of getting one of these 25 new styles that we have, because we're not going to keep all the styles that are there. The pre-order kind of allows us to offer more than we usually would, and we'll keep the ones that are really popular, but if, if by chance you order one that turns out not to be popular, for, you'll be wearing a shirt that people don't like that much, but you'll have a shirt that you can't <laughs> get anymore. So Maybe they just didn't think that they would look as cool as you do. Right, Maybe and maybe you're more fashion sensible than they are and you know and a year from now everyone california europe's gonna be wearing this shirt yeah (laughs) or wish they could but they can't it'll be you can sell it on ebay for thousands of dollars a minimum (laughs) but no the the new logo if you haven't checked it out it's not uh, on the blog banner yet but there's a blog post about it on nomadathlete.com it looks really good and it looks awesome on the shirts it does and the site redesign is coming soon that'll be hopefully in the next month or so that'll be finished uh, but yeah, we haven't really talked about the new logo much on the podcast, but it's kind of a significant thing. I mean, that running carrot is something people have associated with Nomad Athlete since the beginning because it's been there since the beginning. Uh, for the past few years, though, I've started to kind of realize that that it doesn't quite, I don't know, it's, it's just, it's fun and it's cute, but I think that doesn't really quite sum up what Nomad Athlete is about these days. When it started, it was fine. Like I wanted it to be the the fun approach to this lifestyle that I thought was kind of lacking and I thought it was, you know, I had this militant kind of impression of what vegetarianism and veganism meant. So that carrot was the opposite of that. Yep. But I think now it's kind of become something that's more meaningful than just a fun alternative to militant preachy approach to this lifestyle. And it's, I think, I think the new carrot, and this is actually a new carrot in the logo. I think it does a nice job of, of summing up just what the brand feels like now, hopefully a little bit tougher than the 
the cute smiling character <laughs> but still good yeah. logo it still is an homage to the original yeah running kept carrot. The carrot yeah just, he's just not alive anymore it's good and you know i'm probably gonna you might lose a little respect for me and certainly some of our listeners will too but you know, I always thought that the, the running care is a little too cute for what I would want on most of my shirts. Um, and I really like this new logo. I'm, I'm yeah. stoked stoked to support it. And <laughs> no, why would I lose respect for you? That, that's exactly what, what I thought. I mean, that, that's my thoughts exactly. Why why I thought it was time to change it. It appealed to a lot of females, for sure. But I think it was hard for men to buy the shirt and mm-hmm. wear it. And like, it, it's just... It's not something that if, – if the goal is to promote this lifestyle and say, look, I can be an athletic person and tough and strong, and this is my way of showing it, I, you know, it just it didn't quite fit anymore for me, the, right. the fun carrot. It, it's it's fun. I like it. I'm glad we still have the old shirt that, that you know, pays homage to it. But I think the new one's a good direction, and you can check it out. Store.normadathlete.com. Get your order in by the end of the day on Tuesday. Cool. Definitely get it. All right. So let's talk about your race, stuff. What about it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, let me let me set the stage with what I know about it. It was a 50k race. Yep. It was very mountainous, mm-hmm. rocks and creeks, and <laughs> it was in Virginia. Nope. Tennessee. Nope. Brevard. Oh here. yeah, that's Oscar right. Oscar Blues. Blues. I forgot. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I forgot that because you run all the races. It seems like your races are always in Tennessee or Virginia. They are. Yeah, but not this one. Yes, Oscar Blues kicked off a music festival, which seems like a fun time. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it was a neat event. It, Started and ended at Oscar Blues's rebranch. That's a brewery, by the way. They make Dale's Pale Ale, if, for those who don't know. Yep. And uh, it kicked off a, a four-day music extravaganza. The race started at noon. The music started at three. So all the runners, when they were finishing, were coming into music and, and crowds. And everyone hung out and cheered other runners on. It was, it was a neat, really neat event in that sense. Um, Very nice. Yeah. All right. Good. But it was also a, a bit of a struggle for me. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. What? What would you? How much time did it take? It took me six hours and twenty six minutes. That's a long time. That is a long right? time. Definitely not a PR. Not a PR. Not a, not a PR at all. And and I was expecting to even in the condition, even in the shape I was in, I knew or I was expecting, hoping to come across under six hours. So this was, mm-hmm. um, you know, half hour slower than I wanted to going into race day and had i been in proper shape i think i could have cut at least an hour off okay um but you know if you've been listening to this podcast or certainly if you've been reading rocker grunner or listening to trail talk the other <laughs> podcast that i host uh tra- at trail talk no. <laughs> um <laughs> then then you know that i you know i haven't been feeling very great about my training my run- long runs have been basically non-existent i haven't done anything over 12 miles in almost six weeks um which is not ideal when you're training for a 31-mile race. Uh, and, and I've been kind of bummed out about where my training has been. We had a whole episode on the, uh, what did we call it, the training slump? No. Uh, oh, yeah, the guilt-free running slump. The guilt-free right? running slump. So right. we didn't feel guilty about it. We just we just stood back and said, yeah. hey, we're both kind of not really training the way we're supposed to be doing. So, you know, so I, I was coming into this to this race knowing that I wasn't going to be in top condition, but I just wanted to have fun. I wanted to just go out there and do it and enjoy myself. What I realized pretty quickly into the, pretty early on into the race, what I realized was that it's kind of hard to have fun for 31 miles when you're not in good shape. Right. You know, it's not a 10K where you can just jog and, um, 
you know, get it done in an hour or whatever and, and feel good about the experience, you still have to cover a lot of mileage. Definitely. It's a long way to go. And on a, on a hilly course, it's, it, there are lots of obstacles there. And I very, very early realized that I was not going to be having much fun. So that, that idea of, of having, just having a good time was out the window. And by two and a half hours in, you know, by mile 13 or 14, I was, I was not having fun at all. I was on the verge of tears. I saw Katie who was working an aid station I walked up to her and I said, I just, I just want to cry. <laughs> I guess that was the only thing. I, she was like, how you doing? I was like, honestly, I just really want to cry right now. Because <laughs> uh, it just seems so, such like such a massive undertaking to get through the entire, all the mileage. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't that I was feeling that bad. My stomach was fine. My legs were okay. They, you know, they weren't, they were tired, but they, it's not like anything was really hurting. It's not like anything was bad. I just wasn't having fun. And I was left to decide if I should drop, if I should just quit there because I wasn't having a good time. And what was the point? You know, I knew it wasn't going to PR. This wasn't a race that for me would be a massive achievement. There, this wasn't, uh, you know, running my first hundred mile or, or running my first 50 K or doing something where once it was done, just the act of finishing it was going to be this huge goal. Um, it wasn't, so I, I didn't have a, a, I couldn't, I was struggling to find a purpose for going for that run and it was just such a struggle going for being a part of it that um you know i was really doubting whether i should even keep going so i had to, I had to decide whether i was going to to drop there or whether i should keep going and and push on at that exact spot was that was that like the decision time or was it kind of the whole ongoing thing that was that was stopped? a struggle for many hours that was probably for the middle uh three and a half hours Mm-hmm. I was I was debating that. Right. Um, at, when I when it kind of I hit the pinnacle of that decision when I saw Katie, which was about halfway through when I was deciding. Right. When I when I okay. know, that would have been an easy place for me to drop, especially with her there. Uh, so and, did you actually cry? Because your email made it sound like you did cry. I did cry. You did. Okay, <laughs> not just the verge, but you did. Yeah. There, <laughs> I, I came up to her and I said. I feel like crying, and she said, "Okay, you should cry." Then you did, and I did. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't okay. drop to the floor weeping, and you know. No, I think it's good for people to hear that because I mean, seriously, like you did that hundred miler, the one I always forget the name of, MMT, Ma- the Mass Nut, right? Which trails. is one of the hardest ones in the East. Maybe you know, maybe the hardest one in the East. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh huh. As your first hundred miler, right? So I mean, the extreme amount of toughness required to get that done right. over the course of what thirty-two hours or thirty-one hours, something like that. Yep, thirty-two hours. Yep. So, and I can't imagine having you know doing that race. That that to me just seems like as hard as it as hard a race as I could ever imagine myself doing, and probably harder than I will ever do as a hundred mile. It's just it's just kind of I don't know. I just don't <laughs> see the joy in as much as I can enjoy doing a hundred mile run. One like that doesn't appeal. Uh-huh. So the fact that you're crying halfway through a fifty k, right? I think I think people would like to hear that. I mean, I like to hear that. I think it's it's interesting that that you could on one day conquer 100 miles on really really tough trails and mm-hmm. another day just just not have it yeah yeah absolutely that that was the i i have uh, shed tears after races before I've, I've um my after my very first 50 miler i i would say that i actually did weep but it was after crossing the finish line Julie, it was right? a release of emotions yeah, release. okay uh-huh um you know it was just this huge release of emotions after i crossed the finish line this was the first time during a race where i was just really in that low of a mental 
mental state where I where I wanted to to quit that bad that I wanted to right. cry because because it just seems so insurmountable to to finish. Um, and I and you know the distance right. So I went into the race assuming that fifty k. You know, like you said, I've done a couple hundred miles now. Um, Thirty miles doesn't seem that far, and I know that sounds kind of stupid to say and silly to say and for someone who is building up to their first half marathon or something like that that, that sure. might sound annoying um you know but but i knew that the distance or i knew that i could do the distance so when i'm going into the race i didn't think that i would struggle this much mm-hmm. and so it was a reality check that coming into something so ill-prepared and mentally ill-prepared too just mentally prepared for the struggle um it was a it was a reality check for me for sure Okay, so so after you cried, did you you didn't just reach a point where you said, "Okay, I'm going to keep going and I'm going to finish this thing no matter what." You you still had several hours of. I did. I still had I still had quite a bit of struggling to go, but but Katie then said, and and I really like this. She said, "You know, you're feeling this way, and that's okay. Accept it. Just know that today is going to be a really hard day, and you're going to struggle." So take away any expectations you had, any any ideas of this being fun. Just let all that go and just keep going and see how that feels. And spoken like a true yoga instructor. Spoken like a true yoga <laughs> instructor. You know, be in the moment, accept uh-huh. accept what you have, in uh, the situation that you have been dealt. And 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 so that's what I did. And and I kept going at that point. And with the assumption that you know that I that wasn't me saying I'm going to run to the end. That was. Uh, me saying I'm just going to move on from here mm-hmm. and see what happens, and and so I did, and and I kind of kind of kept doing that and kept acting my asking myself, um, why am I out here? Why am I doing this? What what's the purpose of all this? And I, the why is what I was really struggling with. The answering that question was what I was really struggling with, and what I ultimately what kept me going, and ultimately what every time I asked myself what would push me to take another step um was really two things one was that i do have this sense uh for myself where i want to finish what i set out to do Mm -hmm. whether that is run a race or whether that's i don't know write a book or or do whatever start a blog you know i don't want to just do it and let it fizzle out um i want to do it and do it to the end and then the other thing is is accountability you know Katie would have been totally fine with me dropping. She was having a good day, and, and, and I think she wouldn't have been upset. But I knew that there were all these people following along, you guys that are listening here, and then everyone in Rock Creek Runner world and the, that community uh, that was following along. And, and people were, were tweeting at Katie to ask how I was doing, and there was all this, mm-hmm. you know, I, my family was checking in. And just knowing that people were out there paying attention and caring and and knowing that I would then have to write about it, yeah, <laughs> um, I know. And uh, that was that was enough for at least for me to keep going until something terrible happened, and I then had a good <laughs> right, excuse to, right, right. to quit. You know. <laughs> yeah, this is. I didn't expect to bring this up, uh, but hearing you talk about this reminds me so much of the worst fifty k I've ever run myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did run one fifty k where I did not finish it, but I kind of went into that knowing that I probably wouldn't. It was I used it as a training run for the Boston Marathon and said if I just get half of this thing done, it was a two loop race and I said if I do half of this I'll be pretty good and that's good enough and if I feel like great then maybe I'll finish it but mm-hmm. didn't um, but th- I, there was a race where I was you know intended to finish and 
thought it was going to be an easy, reasonable course. And in fact, I had been testing a new training method, one that I'd read about in Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Body, and it was <laughs> the uh, the CrossFit endurance method of not ever running more than two hours at a time for any run. So most of the workouts would be 800 meter interval type things, and the idea was you know do these anaerobic workouts that will itself build your anaerobic system. So you don't need to do this long, slow distance. If you get in a few two-hour runs, you'll be all right. So I did that. I remember when you were doing that and you yeah. were writing. We, we weren't working together at the time, but I remember reading that post. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> so I did it, and I don't know that that is what failed so badly. Uh, it, it didn't turn out like a good day. But I didn't know anything about the course going on. I just signed up. Some friends were doing it, and I said, yeah, I'll do it with you. And uh, it was up in Pennsylvania. I can't remember the name of it. I wish I knew it. I'd prepared that, but I didn't expect to bring this up. Um but anyway, the first eight miles were just straight uphill. And the first eight miles took two hours oh, wow. of hiking. So, yeah, so not not like slow or feeling it yet. Just You just couldn't go faster than that. Right. So that after that, I was like, wow, this is really going to be a tough race. And I'm in trouble because I haven't put in any long workouts. And you know, I, I, again, I don't know that, that that training system failed. It's just that I was not at all prepared for that kind of day. So by the time I got 10, 12 miles in, my legs were sore. And I was just like, wow, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to go 20 more miles. This is, I feel like quitting now. And what, what I did was just sort of, and I've told you this before because I wrote it in your, uh, your, your book about your running mantra thing. Mm-hmm. That that my thing was when it got really hard, what I would do is just remind myself that it's really nice that I can be out here in the woods with all my physical capabilities. That I'm able to be out in the woods and this, you know, this have this freedom and all this stuff that I can just go off through a woods and spend the next six hours walking through a woods, if that's what, like, the, there's a lot of really nice things about that. Sure. It doesn't have to be this thing that is this huge, terrible thing in your head that, oh my gosh, I, I failed at this race and it turned out to be a disaster and I'm letting everyone down. Uh, I just, I just kind of turned it into that. But it still took a lot to keep going. Like just still to face that you're going to be walking slash running for the next 20 miles after you're already tired and you just want to stop uh, is really hard. And, and the thing that kept me going and that has always kept me going is those, those exact same two, two things that you mentioned. One is there's just a general feeling of like, I just, I just don't want to quit things, right? If I say I'm going to do something and you set out to do it, then you just want to finish. You don't want to know that you made the decision to stop when you physically had it in you to keep going, even right. if it got really painful. And not, you know, if you hurt your leg and you can't go anymore, that's right. one thing. But if you just decide it's more painful to keep going than, than stopping and you decide to stop, uh, you know, you, you always remember that and, and it's going to stick with you. The other thing that was, is accountability, which you mentioned. And in a couple of my, Vermont 50 miles in particular, I remember feeling really, really badly. Like I really wanted to stop probably 30 miles in. And the reason I didn't is because I had this blog and I had written about this thing and I said I was doing this. And I just, it was one of those things where you just know people are going to, it's not just going to be you who remembers this. You're going to have to write about this and face up to it and say, I, I ended up quitting because it, whatever, it, it was too hard. Mm-hmm. And we talk about accountability all the time. We tell people to, when you want to make a habit change, um, you know, kind of install accountability in some way or another. But I think it's easy when people hear that, and even when you talk about it, uh, to, to just sort of blow it off and think that it's, I don't know, that, that it's not going to be as, as powerful as it is. But when I think about how I actually felt in those moments, uh, stopping really wasn't an option. Like the accountability was so strong that as much as I would 
be having the little argument in my head about should I stop or should I go, there was never really the chance of stopping. It was always going to, it was always going to result in I'm going to keep going because I just don't want to face all the the consequences of having to having to admit that I failed to all these people. Right. So it's it's a it's such a powerful thing that accountability this this idea that we'll do way more for other people uh, or for how we look in other people's eyes than we will for <laughs> ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and it's easy to, to you know just kind of blow it off as like a little tool that people use with habit change that maybe you can skip uh, or that maybe you've tried to apply it before by just getting an accountability partner and it didn't really work or that maybe didn't add that much to your your motivation to keep going. But I just want to point out that like it, it can be tremendously powerful if it's set up in the right way. So this doesn't mean that the answer is go start a blog and that you know now you'll feel accountable for all your races. But I just want to point out that it you know it can be really, really powerful if truly enough people are you know have this interest in you finishing something and you really value their opinion and you really respect what you know what they think about it. Yeah, definitely. And and like you said, for both of us, a lot of that was our our blog's community. Um, but but it, you don't have to start a blog. You don't have to have a podcast or something like that. You know, just having a group of friends and or or a partner or whatever it is that's actually going to be motivating enough and powerful enough. Yeah. And it won't look the same for everybody. Everybody. Right. Yeah. right. Okay. So I think what we want to talk about here is is really how do you decide. We've talked about the dip before. We talked about that in our 100th episode, that this very podcast kind of went through a period where we weren't seeing the results that we thought would make it worth it to keep doing a podcast. Right. Uh, the question was, should we stop doing it because it's not a great use of our time, or should we double down our efforts, basically, make sure we really do it on time, do it on a weekly basis instead of a monthly basis, and really go for it? And we decided to do the latter, and it ended up working out really well. Um the, what I kind of what helped with that decision was reading Seth Godin's book, The Dip. And one of the things that he says there is really that the time to quit is when you take on an endeavor like this, like before you take it on. So the time for you to quit your 50K, according to this type of advice, would be before you decide you're going to run it. And you look and you say, like, it, yes, it's, it's, especially if it was your first 50K, it's a really special thing to do that. The reason it's special is because not many people can do that. So, Therefore, I know it's going to be really hard. I know that in the training and in the race itself is going to be really rough, and it's not going to be a fun thing. No matter how much I commit to this, it's going to be difficult for me to do this, and either I am willing to do that and go through all that, or I'm not willing to do that. Because if you're not, and you decide then, you save all the effort and all the angst of, of doing something and then realizing this is too hard and I failed. Right. Um, your case, though, I mean, we're t- this is a different case of what happens when you've made the decision that you're going to go for something you've said i know that there's going to be these difficulties that come up and these obstacles and it's worth it for me and i'm going to push through them so this is worth it to go for but then when you're in the middle of it it turns out that for whatever reason you do want to quit right (laughs) because either you you didn't anticipate correctly how hard it was going to be maybe it's maybe the race itself was harder than you anticipated Mm -hmm. or you didn't anticipate how you personally would be during the process of getting there you didn't know that you wouldn't have be doing your best training because you wouldn't feel the motivation. Right. So once you're in that situation, which is a bit of a pickle, how do you, you know, how do you handle that? What do you, what do you do? And I think that's kind of what, if there's going to be a, a big lesson here, uh, that's probably going to be what it is. It's how, how do you handle that? Or w- what's the decision process at that point? Right. So, I, I mean, I think for me in, in my situation, and then I think we should talk about how this applies to other runners and, and being going into 
becoming a vegan or a vegetarian. Uh, you know, but but for me, it was it I, when I signed up for it. I was it was right after, not that long after my the Black Mountain Monster Hunter Miler when I was on Cloud Nine and I was thought I was an, an invincible runner and wanted to just run on all these amazing adventures. Um, and you know, gradually, like you said or like I said, the the training slowed and my motivation slowed and and so I couldn't anticipate how I was going to feel on race day and and certainly I didn't handle things properly that actual day and and getting it mentally ready for for the struggle um you know I think for me the the what I learned from that was that I don't want to do things halfway anymore Mm -hmm. you know I, I don't want to find myself in that situation again right so I think I need to anticipate that better. think that through a little bit better when I sign up for races uh, and look at how my life is going to be. In this case, I was traveling the last four weekends before the race. Maybe that wasn't ideal for training, right? And I could have known that. I could have looked that up and known that. Uh, you know. And, and so to, to think things through a little bit more, anticipate what life will be like when the race comes. And then also use that, use this experience as motivation to make sure that that doesn't happen again. So when I do sign up for a race, use that neg- this, this negative experience and this struggle as motivation to make sure that I'm staying on top of my training, mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm, I'm getting in my runs, even if the timing's not right, or even if I'm um, unmotivated about running in general, use that as kind of this driving force to, to get me ready for race day. Yeah. So... It sounds to me that what this taught you is that Seth Godin's right, <laughs> right? <laughs> that, that you want to make the decision before you start. Right. Oh, yeah. And yeah, think harder right. about what mm-hmm. you say yes to, essentially, and what what you decide is, is not worth it. Uh, and then when you do say yes, making sure, of course, that, that you follow through with, with how it goes. Um, I'm curious. Did you, did you question – did you get to the point where you, where you wondered why you – do this at all like what's the point of this running stuff why do i get into this because that's that's a lot of all runners have the story of retiring in the middle of of every race yeah yeah. you know i've definitely had that experience before i didn't i knew that this was just a bad day and and i i was you know the whole time out there i was looking back on my whole experience training preparing for this race and and even the hours before what i did i was just chatting with a bunch of buddies and not and it, you know, I wasn't paying any attention to the fact that I was about to run this race, right? Mm-hmm. And and I was looking back on all that, just so angry at myself uh, at how I had prepared for this race. And I think that that's what I was was really focused on. It wasn't giving up racing altogether and giving up ultra running and running altogether. It was really, it was really, you are an idiot for for <laughs> right. you know right. for for getting yourself into this situation and thinking that um, you know that. 30 miles is not that far because 30 miles is definitely pretty far. Uh, so, so it was kind of this more this anger at myself for, for the where I was at the time. Right, right. So I'm, I'm still trying to put this in a box or you know take away something from it. Uh, what's interesting now also is that you you mentioned to me before we did this episode that, that one of the things that you thought this could be about was the answer being that you need to have, that something needs to be meaningful enough to you, right? Right. Because when we were talking about veganism and someone who we've had an email from recently who was having problems sticking with it or, or just having some cravings and not sure how to deal with it. And, and the answer kind of was like figure out 
why this is worth it to you. Sure. Get really strong on what your motivation is, whether it's a health thing, which is harder to be really motivated about health thing because she was talking about having a croissant once a month that she just couldn't get away from. She just loved that thing so much. And like from a health perspective, having a croissant once a month doesn't change your health. It just doesn't. <laughs> but if it's an ethical perspective of I'm not going to eat anything that was you know, taken via cruelty like dairy products, um, that you know that's something you could possibly get motivated enough about and, and associate enough meaning to and purpose to that, that then you would decide that, yes, this one croissant per month is too much and I'm not going to do that. So I'm just wondering, like you, you kind of mentioned that that was a solution, but it doesn't sound like that was anything that kept you going, right? Like nothing about this race, your finish was, I love ultra running so much and this means yeah. so much to me that I, this race means so much that I'm going to finish it. Well, I think that that was, that was part of the problem, right? Is there that, wasn't that. that there wasn't that, that I hadn't decided to go out after a PR. I hadn't decided to um, use this as a stepping stone for my next race um, or, you know, I didn't really have a why going into it, right? It wasn't, it wasn't this huge goal. The The distance wasn't, it wasn't a distance goal. I had no time goal. Uh, the only reason to go out there, the only reason I signed up for it to begin with was because it seemed like a fun event and, um, and I like running ultras and that in the day that wasn't enough. And had I, had I taken the time to, to, to plan more and, and really discover that why and, and, and ingrain that why into both my training and to my experience on race day, I think I, I would have done better, mm-hmm. but you can't find that why in the middle of the day. You can't find that why in the middle of the struggle. Right. Right. You have right. to have, that's when you fall back on the stuff that's, that's in place, the accountability right. or whatever whatever it is about you and I that doesn't really like to quit things and a lot of people exactly yeah so you have to you have to do that beforehand and then then you have to you know really take hold of that when things are tough right right so looking back given that you didn't have a strong why you didn't have a strong reason to finish this race um the question that comes up for me is does it seem to you now that it was worth it to finish right was it worth it to go through those extra five six hours of pain mm-hmm. you did not have to experience that right you could have just stopped yeah was it was it a worthwhile thing to finish that race now that you're in because right when you're in that painful state uh you're not in any kind of state to say this is the right decision but now you've done it and you you're level-headed about it now and you you know you don't hurt anymore yeah yeah i mean i think um i've heard multiple times women compare ultra running to to childbirth and and, women don't like when you do this i've tried this with my wife but I, I think, I think the analogy is not that, that an ultra marathon is as painful as, as a childbirth, because I'm sure that it's way more, childbirth is way more painful, but that, that you immediately forget the pain, right? As soon as, as, soon as it's done okay. and the pain is over, okay. then, then you immediately forget. So I'm not, I'm not comparing pain levels here. I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> what I'm talking about is that, you know, I cross that finish line, I lay on the ground, I catch my breath. And within 15 minutes later, I was like, oh, it wasn't so bad. Right, <laughs> you know? right. Um, and, and so today, of course, yeah, I'm glad I finished because I'm really glad I'm not having an episode. We're not having an episode here about how I didn't finish, right? Right. I'm really glad that uh, when I went to a wedding two days later and my friends knew I had just run a race that I didn't have to say, well, I just didn't have it in me. You know, I couldn't finish. Right. I'm really glad of all those things, and I'm glad that I, I set out and, and did something that I committed to. Um, you know, my, my friend was the race director, and, and I think it would have bumped him out. And, uh, and aside from the accountability part, I think I just would have been 
a little embarrassed that that right. I had right. not finished his race, right? You know, so I'm really glad on all those things now. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But in the moment, it's so hard to see those things. Right. So it sounds then like it once you had made the commitment, it it was worth going through with it and finishing it. Yeah. But it was actually not worth making that commitment. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And, right. And you're, in this particular situation, it wasn't yeah. the right decision to do that. Absolutely. If if I could look back, you know, to take a step back three months ago. And look at my schedule and think things through and know what I knew what I know now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I would have never signed up for it. I would have been out there volunteering with Katie and had a much better day. Probably. I mean, I think that that in itself is interesting and and worth being the point of this, this episode is that you know you can that it can it can that's a different question, right? Not just not was it worth it to do that race or to finish that race, but but yes, it was worth it to finish it once you had signed up for. No, it wasn't worth it to actually sign up for it right <laughs> right that, that those answers can be different to me that's that's kind of interesting and i think i think that says something interesting I and mean, it says how it points out how much you value not quitting something once you've said you're going to do it mm-hmm. which i'm not trying to say that's some that's a great virtue either i mean maybe that's good but there's there are some situations where or you should that's a bad thing yeah <laughs> right where you should like if your goal was run across the country and you know a quarter of the way into it you realized it was a really bad idea and then you spent the next three months doing something you hated and suffered for it and maybe had long-term effects because of it it have been better to quit then right so i'm not saying that it's good or bad it's just interesting that that can that if your person if you have that trait in your personality that it can be the right decision to keep going uh or or the one that for you was right when even if it wasn't good to get into this in the first place (laughs) right right. so i don't know that's unique to me interesting yeah absolutely yeah good all right well uh let's wrap it up here then we're slowly getting back in the swing of things uh, as I've said a few times, threatened. We have a few guests that are that are making their way onto the podcast in the next few weeks, but none of the six that I have in mind have quite been finalized yet, so I can't give names. Okay. But we're working on them. So expect some new things in the podcast. Um, as we mentioned, the new Nomad Athlete logo shirts are available for pre-order through Tuesday, which is probably the day you're listening to this, if you listen to it. Which is Tuesday, um, September 15th, right? Tuesday, September 15th. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so go over there, store.nomadathlete.com, check out the new logo and the old carrot throwback shirt, which I think is cool, and <laughs> get it pre-ordered so that you know you're going to get it if that sort of thing is uh, up your alley. Yeah. All right. Well, then, let's sign it off. Talk before we say something stupid. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care, man. Take care, everybody.